Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. If you enjoy our podcast, please help us spread the word by sharing your favorite episodes on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Leaving us a positive review at the iTunes store would also be greatly appreciated. Thank you. Today's reading was edited and adapted from Success and How to Win It by B.F. Austin, published in 1904. I have been from Philadelphia to New York City five times and can describe to you the route so that you can go quickly and easily. I have been from poverty to plenty twice and can equally describe to you every step of the way. But the trouble is that the poor person thinks they know a lot that they don't know. They have not the sense to obey any instructions to the letter in getting from poverty to plenty, while they probably would do exactly as I tell them to get from Philadelphia to New York. There is no other reason for that person remaining poor. I know both routes equally well, but the poverty plenty route involves breaking down preconceived ideas and notions as to how other people get rich. Is your head filled with the idea that there is luck, accident, fate, when there's no such thing on earth? If you have not faith and confidence in yourself or in me, you must acquire confidence in the inner self and trust in everybody you are drawn to after first placing faith in your higher spiritual self. That is the key to all success, and has nothing to do with modern religiosity, creeds, or beliefs. I will present one hundred gold dollars to any person over sixteen years of age who fully follows my directions, and having done so, fails to get from poverty to plenty, and another hundred to the one who follows my directions to go from Philadelphia to New York, and fails. The two are equally sure. Obeying all the following rules will make any person wealthy. Number one, work always so faithfully that somebody other than your employer will seek your services at a higher rate of pay. Work temporarily at any kind of work for any rate of pay you can get. Never grumble at any imposition put on you, but by faith in your higher self. Draw yourself into better circumstances. Number two, conceal your dislikes, hold your tongue, and watch for something better. Do all your work as well as possible, and let quantity be secondary. Never think evil. Number three, spend no money upon vices, tobacco, whiskey, nor upon charity. If you fritter away money, your earning capacity will be lessened. In lieu of charity, give employment to those poorer than you whom you wish to benefit. Number four, 
be strictly and absolutely honest, even in secret. Let justice rule all your acts. Under no circumstances give or receive something for nothing. Never borrow nor lend money except with such security as a bank would require. Number 5. Pay liberally for all you buy. Never beat down sellers, nor hunt for cheap bargains. If you are liberal, everybody will be liberal with you. Number 6. Eat good wholesome food, especially fruit, nuts, and cereals. Drink only water, the very weakest tea and coffee, chocolate, or cocoa. Number 7. Avoid paying rents. Own your home, even if mortgaged to a building association. Dress as neatly and cleanly as anybody, but avoid all ostentation in dress. Number 8. Spend a reasonable amount for musical instruments, music, concerts, and theaters. Buy as many books and periodicals as you can and will read, and no more. Number 9. Spend less time going to church, and more time in a dark room, alone, in concentration or in meditation. Number 10. First, last, and forever. Cultivate and obey intuition in all things, since it will lead you into all truth, then into wealth and health, and finally to that happiness which all the world seeks, but rarely finds. Remember that real causes are hidden, and that what seems to be causes are often illusions. This calls to mind a wonderful book of essays titled The World Beautiful by Lillian Whiting. In her book, Whiting states that success in life is far too generally considered to be due to special gifts or exceptional good fortune rather than an obligation of all intelligent and aspiring people. That is to say, it should be held as normal and not the abnormal condition. Even the chronic invalid may make such a success of their own character, so as to be a blessing, a benediction, and an inspiration to all who come near. Physical deficiency or afflictions of any kind do not put one outside this law, because success is mental, moral, and spiritual a result of fine qualities of mind and heart, of energy and striving. Therefore, it is not bonded to physical or material causes. Success is simply a duty. It is the obligation of the many, and not the luxury of the few. One thing is forever good, and that one thing is success. To achieve success is not merely the gratification of personal ambition, not merely a selfish endeavor. It is a moral duty and a high responsibility. It is a personal obligation. Success is good. 
the traditional talk about failures being often better than success, the traditional feeling that the successful man or woman is, by that very achievement, more or less isolated from the average toiling burden masses of humankind, that those success may imply a certain ability and keenness, its very realization is through some lack of consideration, some self-centered power that pushes on, regardless of those through whose ranks it makes its way. This conception of success is very far removed from the truth. To regard success as more or less synonymous with selfishness is to degrade it from anything like its real significance. No one has success until they have an abounding life. This is made up of the manifold activity of energy, enthusiasm, and gladness. It is to spring up to meet the day with a thrill at being alive. It is to go forth to meet the morning in an ecstasy of joy. It is to realize the oneness of humanity in true spiritual sympathy. It is indeed that which one is, not that which you do or which you have. And so all our usual conceptions of success fall infinitely short of the genuine thing. It is not necessarily a success to be rich, or famous, or even popular. These attributes and accidental things may or may not accompany success, but their presence does not make it, and their absence does not take it away. It is amazing as it is sad that we go about so largely burdening ourselves with strivings that are of no consequence, and miss the gladness and exhilaration of living. No life is successful until it is radiant. The King of Glory is always ready to come in. Why do we bar the way? We cannot all live in palaces, but we can all live in the Kingdom of Heaven, and the material luxuries of the one pale before the glow, thrill, and exultation of the other. The one great truth to which we all need to come to is this that a successful life lies not in doing this, or going there, or possessing something else. It lies in the quality of the daily life. It is just as surely successful to be just and courteous to employees, or companions, or the stranger, as it is to make a noted speech before an audience, or write a book, or make a million dollars. It is achievement on the spiritual side of things. It is the extension of our life into the spiritual world that is alone of value. The extension is achieved. This growth toward higher things is attained by our habitual attitude of mind. It develops by truth, love, and goodness, and it is stunted by every envious thought every unjust or unkind act. The theater of our actions may be public and prominent, or private and obscure. Our admiral conduct may be read about by others, 
or it may hardly be known beyond the most limited circle. But so what? Does not one require moral health, spiritual loveliness for themselves, as they do physical health, and not merely for display? You certainly would prefer to be well rather than ill if you were alone on a desert island. Why not as well prefer to be spiritually abounding, whether the world recognize it or not? Remember that to be spiritually minded is life in peace. Here we touch the profoundest truth of life. All the jar, the unrest, the friction, the unhappiness of life are inseparably related to material things. However, when we rise above selfishness and envy, rejoice in our neighbor's successes, love what is lovely, in short, when we become spiritually minded, we at once find life in peace, and at once there is success in its profoundest significance. We understand that it is possible to cultivate easy, cordial, friendly relations of reciprocal goodwill to all whom we may meet, that it is possible to be glad in the gladness of other people, and that it is possible to extend our own life into higher regions, so that our happiness shall not be altogether dependent upon other people. When we finally realize that, first of all, and above all, are our relations to the unseen, that we are spirits anchored to a spiritual world, developing our faculties as best we can, then we are prepared to be the truer, warmer, and more steadfast friend, while ironically less dependent on friendship than before. The only success worth the name is the achievement of this higher spirituality. With it the beggar would be rich, without it the king would be poor. This is quote, the thing that is forever good, the thing that may truly be called success. The Inspirational Living Podcast is a production of The Living Hour. Get your own private feed to our podcast with full transcripts delivered right to your smartphone by becoming our patron today. It costs less than a cup of coffee a month and will ensure the production of our podcast for years to come. Visit livinghour.org patron. Thanks for listening. I look forward to talking with you next time.